Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke. And we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. Today, we have Brenda Ainsberg from Siemens to talk to us about her recent experiences with using the virtual attendee hub. Yeah, that's right. Brenda is always on the front line, trying out everything that Cvent has to offer. So it's no surprise she had a successful event. And she had some cool tips that really I haven't heard before from any other guests. So you're not going to want to miss this. All right. Well, we have a special treat for our audience. Uh, we have one of our favorite guests returning. For those, though, who may have missed one of our previous engagements with Brenda, Brenda, can you give us a little bit of background about your role at Siemens before we get started? Absolutely. I came to Siemens um, almost seven years ago as the channel program manager. Now, that doesn't really tell you what I do, but I it's basically like a blend of marketing, communications, and um, a third of my job is executing on our annual reseller event, our partner event, where we do um, like three and four days of training and enablement, 13 to 15 concurrent sessions. And I program all the backend systems so that we can, and we love Cvent because whatever part of your portfolio that we use, it all just has this great data reporting leads into one consistent backend with amazing reporting for stakeholders. So, um, and of course, with times as they are today, we've pivoted from live in-person events to our first virtual. So that's been um, a challenge and an adventure to navigate. I always love your positive attitude, Brenda. I'm always up for a challenge. And I actually heard that you had another major event since the last time we've talked to you. How did you even decide to continue with your event and not cancel or postpone? How did that all work out? Oh gosh. So, you know, we were biting our nails, you know, obviously the safety of our, the safety and the health of our, our partners, our customers and our Siemens employees are at the very, you know, front of our concerns. So that was number one. So we were waiting to hear back from our, you know, our parent company and their legal department, you know, and all the experts that they were consulting. And finally, about nine weeks before the event executed, we got the go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, have, have an event and have it virtual, do it. We're like, no, we need a contract with the event. <laughs> So, you know, the, the best thing about it, though, is, you know, the decision was made to do virtual because we had this great platform right at our fingertips, right, the virtual attendee hub, and we could keep all of our Siemens employees and our partners safe while still delivering actionable insights and materials and content and knowledge so that our partners can continue to not just survive but thrive in this very challenging environment, and they can help their customers also thrive because you know manufacturing and, and design and all that it hasn't shut down it's simply shifted so a lot of stuff is happening in the medical field uh, a lot of stuff is happening on manufacturing floors where you can have technology to help keep people at least six feet distant right so we're still really really busy and we need to make sure that we could impart all the tools, the resources, you know, ways to engage with customers and prospects virtually to our partner channel so that they can bring these solutions and we can just help keep moving things forward and help keep people safe. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I know that just like even making those tough decisions about whether or not to have the event and then deciding like, are we going to go virtual? 
all of these decisions take time, right? And it ends up kind of leaving less valuable time for the actual planning. So like how much time did you actually have to plan your virtual event? And what was that experience like? Uh, so we found out we were going to have an event about nine weeks before we had it. And then we had to wait a couple of weeks to like get the dates because Siemens is a huge organization and we have a lot of different events. There are virtual events that we're also competing, you know, um, different team meetings, things like that. And we had to make sure our, our team was available for it. So a couple of weeks after we decided we got the date and then it took a couple of weeks to um, secure a contract for the virtual attendee hub. So I would say we had less than seven weeks to actually execute this event. Oh my gosh. It's usually at least, ah, you know, I say wow. like seven months, I know seven weeks, ah, right? <laughs> usually we start this like a year out, it takes a year. Minimum, it would take seven months. We did it in seven weeks. Oh my wow. gosh, that is crazy. But can you tell me a little bit more about the event? Like, did you, was it a multi-day event or just one day? And like, how many, how many sessions were we talking about? All right, so we always do a multi-day event. It's a three-day event for our partners to attend and get the training and the enablement and the networking, you know, and the, the, all that stuff. And we always have what I call day, day zero. Day zero starts it, and that's a big internal meeting for Siemens employees, specifically people who work in the partner channel and other stakeholders, you know, product, product marketing, solutions, that sort of thing. So it's really a four-day event, three of which is partner-facing. And normally we have, um, on a couple of days of the event, 12 to 15 concurrent sessions. Whoa, you know, that that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a lot of concurrent sessioning. So we, we had to really... Um, modify our our concept you know our paradigm of what an event should be and and as we were pivoting to virtual if i can borrow borrow the event phrase of pivot to virtual so um we cut down our content to most of our we had basically three three types of sessions right we had a couple of longer ones we had like a general session that was pretty long but we had a big break in between and then our two other kinds of sessions were either what we called um, breakout sessions. And usually those are like about 45 minutes long, you know, about an hour, call it an hour long, but we cut our breakout sessions from an hour to 30 minutes of content, 15 minutes of Q and A and 15 minutes of break to let people get up from their computers, get a cup of coffee, take a break stretch and come back with a little fresh mind. And our other type of session, we called it a workshop. Those ran anywhere from uh, two to three hours long. And we had multiple breaks during those. And those were full collaborative sessions because there was a lot of discussion back and forth and collaboration. It wasn't just presentations, you know, sage on the stage kind of thing. We really made those collaborative and interactive. So cutting back and we cut back our maximum simultaneous concurrent sessions to maximum of six just six so that wow. we could support all the technology. So we went from 12 to 15, scaled it back to six. So it really made us focus on what's important for content for these attendees, what's really relevant for them, actionable, and where, where are they going to get their ROI? Yeah, I was going to say, hearing you say that, like, I bet you just had to really hyper-focus on having the most relevant content. There's no filler at all here when you're working with just six sessions. 
Um, and I, I worked on an event there, there, there were 15 concurrent sessions going on and it was really challenging. But one of the things that was really beneficial is that most of those, if not all were simulive sessions where, you know, they were pre-recorded, which really helped save some time and, and make sure that the content was, was, you know, absolutely what, what they wanted for, for your event. Did you decide to have, was it live or were they on demand or was it simulive? And, and how did you come up with that decision? Well, we went big. We went real big. So this was our first virtual event, and we decided to do everything live. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> Brenda is always taking it next level. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. That's that's super challenging to do that for sure. I think about the people you have to have on, like as moderators, chat, like doing the scheduling and getting people on there. There's so much that goes into that. How did you I had 120, 120 <laughs> presenters, 120 presenters. Oh my my I, you get, I would have been up at night before every day of that event. I would no sleep. Yeah. <laughs> sleep, sleep will come later, but, yeah. but first there is coffee. So, um, so we decided to go live and here's why. I sat down with my team even before we had dates and I asked them, you know, have you ever done a virtual event? Have you been to a virtual event? Many people had been to virtual, virtual events. So I said, okay, what are the best things and worst things? And by far, everybody said the worst thing about a virtual event, and this is my management team, right? They said the worst thing about it is going and just having sessions that were pre-recorded because their their perspective was, well, if it was pre-recorded, I could have watched it anytime. Why did I need to show up on this day at this time to watch it? And if if I can quote um, one of my favorite authors, Gretchen Rubin, what what can happen anytime often happens at no time. So if you know it's just recorded, ah, go do it later and later never comes. So we went big, we went all live. The only exception was we have general session where our um, luminary executives stand up and they talk to our partners about what's happening with our company you know, in this, in this time, like overall the company, then we'll focus on, you know, global, global strategy. Then we'll focus on what's happening in the Americas, which is my zone. Then we'll, ha well then we'll focus on what's happening in the partner channel and what we're bringing to bear for resources to help them and their customers and prospects be successful. So we couldn't have all the executives live for our advanced production on that, at that particular time, they had conflicting, um, commitments. So we pre-recorded the three executives, but our own VP, I'm so proud of him. Our own VP got in there and practice, practice, practice. And he went 100% live in between all of these little recorded snippets would speak to them, you know, and, and then say, okay, and welcome the next speaker. And then we would, so shout out to Chris Bentivegna of Cvent. He handled our advanced production. He was our our manager, our event manager on the Cvent side, our project manager, he was amazing. I highly recommend you ask for him. Sorry, Chris, you're going to be busy now. Um, he was amazing. So we had a lot of asks and he made it so seamless. People didn't even realize that general session was a blend of live and recorded. And then our, our award ceremony, 100% live, 100%. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I have a major appreciation for that because I was working on the um, award ceremony for Cvent Connect and like, that's a big production. Yeah, that's a tall order for sure. Tall order. 
And yes. so you have all of these live sessions. So after the event happened and the sessions had gone live, did you then convert them to on demand or you got one chance to watch these live? Well, here's the cool thing. So when you use the virtual attendee hub, you can either, you can basically go one of two ways. You can go full collaborative session and we, we used Cvents baked in Zoom background for full collaborative. And you just have to hit the record button when you do that. And then that recording is there for, I believe it's 30 days. And then for some other sessions. So for the, the big workshops, the ones that were longer, like full collaborative needed, we had networking sessions, we had partner uh, a business leader sessions. Those were very important to have full collaboration. And then we had enablement sessions, you know, breakout sessions that were more speaking to the audience and we wanted to, we wanted to do Q&A with that, but we didn't want to have the presenter have to scroll through, you know, 250 registrants and go, oh, which one raised their hand, unmute their microphone. So for that, we went Cvent Video Player Live. And that's where all the presenters are in the platform. You can pick your own or you can use Cvent's backend, but the presenters are in the platform, but the attendees aren't in that room with you. It's kind of like, Think about Facebook Live or Twitter Live or like Instagram Live. So people are seeing and hearing you live and they can interact with you just through some kind of a chat functionality. So we had the Q&A functionality in the virtual attendee hub and a moderator on that. So we did that and the, that is streaming through the Brightcove backend. Um, so that's recorded. You just you know hit the record button and then you go live and that is automatically loaded within 24 hours. In fact, it was faster than that. And in some cases, I think it was in there within an hour, right uh, right in the session. So when you go into the virtual attendee hub, you click on a session name and you kind of step to the next page where the session details are. And when, when you're joining it live, there's a join live button, or you can watch the replay. The button just gets renamed and the replay is there. And those are available for, I believe, if I remember my knowledge base article, 90 days. <laughs> so I'm actually just about to spin up uh, a series of communications using the Cvent event management tool. You know, the, your, your awesome baked in um, email marketing technology and send to everyone who didn't register for the event and say, there's still time, come register and you can view the recorded uh, sessions come on in they're available until x date and you know and we're still tracking all that engagement so the beauty of doing a virtual event through the virtual attendee hub is that your content can still live there for much longer so that you can catch those people who couldn't attend live so you get it on both sides right yeah you got right. a nice big audience i'm sure you got yeah. like a lot of people there for the live and then a lot of people are still engaging with that awesome content that you guys um, spent I'm sure a lot of time developing. And then it sounds like you really took into consideration during those live sessions, that attendee engagement experience. Cause we all know, I mean, it's a bit of a challenge when it comes to virtual events, but Cody and I have been hearing planners get really creative when it comes to attendee engagement this year. And we know Brenda, you are always thinking outside the box. So tell us, how did you keep your attendees engaged? Any tips or tricks for people who are listening? Oh, couple things. If you use your own backend platform and it's got polling questions, you can you can add polling questions, which is fantastic. One of the things we did is um, we worked with a third party 
translation company. They had their own Zoom backend. So what I did was I set up those Zoom meetings with what's called the interpretation functionality because we have partners in Central and South America. So we have a blend of Spanish and Portuguese speakers. And as you know, speaking English quickly, it's very hard for people to, their brains, it's just really hard to translate in time. So we had um, for five, our five keynote sessions, we had live translation happening in Spanish and Portuguese by using the Zoom backend link to our translation uh, company, which was awesome. It worked perfectly in the attendee hub and we hit the record button and those sessions recorded, they're uploaded, they're, they're you know, viewable by attendees. So that was a really cool hack. So you can use, if you have a, your own backend or a Zoom backend, you know, from a third party company that has interpretation or translation, the ability to have more than one audio channel. So that was very, very cool. And we sent um, emails with email marketing tools in Spanish and Portuguese to say, hey, for these sessions, you know, here's how you get your language of choice so you can follow along. It was it was really cool. We had polling questions um, through the actual full collaboration backend. And of course we had Q&A and the Q&A is great in this event virtual attendee hub because not only can you get Q&A from the audience, right? But you can also have your own sort of, we call them seed questions. So we had a few seed questions that we would pop in there Right, and, and we would kind of simulate with the, with the presenter, okay, there's a question, here's the question, and then we'd say the question out loud and it would be answered by the presenter. But that sparks other people to start asking questions because they're not the first person. So always have a handful of seed questions, which is pretty cool. And of course, you, know, you can always program gamification with a conference app. And I cannot wait until, um, at this moment, at the time of this recording, um, polling questions and attendee to attendee chat aren't implemented yet, but I know they're in production in in this event backend because I've seen it. They're in your system and they're going to be released ah, 2021. So I'm so excited about that. So that is just another killer engagement strategy that this event is bringing to bear in the virtual attendee hub. And all that reporting is going to flow right back into event management where you can get it and you can quantify it and show your ROI. That is so awesome. Everybody pay attention to the roadmap because some cool things are just around the corner. I love what you just said about seed questions, though. The first time I've actually heard anybody mention that, it's such a good idea to have these like questions that are ready to go just to kind of spark other people to kind of get the ball rolling. That's pretty smart, Brenda. Pretty smart. And if you've got um, some friends in the audience, you can always put in in the, yeah. in the old, you can always put in a shill, right? Hey, so-and-so, you know, I remember you had this question. Would you make sure you ask that in the Q&A, please? Yeah, it's such a good idea because people have questions they didn't even know that they had until they started right. seeing that going. But right. I mean, every time I work on one of these virtual events, I feel like I learned something new. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not even an exaggeration. I learn a lot new. What did you learn from having to put this event together? Like, is there anything that you would keep in mind for next time? Oh, absolutely. Let me let me look at my notes. Actually, there are so many I had to write them down. <laughs> so, you know, what what did we do? So a couple of things we had to do was we really learned a lot about how to scope this event. You know, correctly scoping, it means you have to have the resources in place. So one of the challenges for us was the new paradigm of the virtual event technology. Now, we're a technology company. 
our presenters are aces. Boy, they can stand up in front of any audience and we can just say, talk on your subject and they are amazing. They get great audience engagement. They deliver things flawlessly. But we have to remember that virtual event technology, you need to learn a few things about how it works. So it was really important for us to focus on presenter um, presenter practice. So Chris Bentivegna, shout out to him again. He set up several, many actual um, sessions, practice sessions in our virtual attendee hub. And we had a few sessions for presenters to come in and practice, practice going live, practice hitting the live button, practice, you know, using the Q&A moderation. And that was really essential. Uh, we also sent them out calendar invitations, easily downloaded, by the way, from the virtual attendee hub, just go to the session, download the calendar invite, and that contains the attendee link itself. And that's perfect for the moderator, you know, to have at their at their disposal to go, okay, I need to go here. I'm a global moderator. I'm moderating for this session. Cool. I can see everything with my moderator powers in the virtual attendee hub. But I also had additional instructions because some of them were live collaborative. Some of them were Cvent Video Player Live, and some were live collaborative with language interpretation. <laughs> so there are three different sets of instructions. So I actually pulled all the calendar files and I sent those instructions out. It would have been easier and more time efficient if I had just used the awesome Speaker Resource Center and used the data tags that were available and said, here's your links, here's your this, here's your that. Um, but our presenters are very specific about, I want my calendar file. And um, I'm sure that's coming at, at some point in a future release, but that, <laughs> that's, that's what I did. I gave them additional help you know, with those very specific instructions and it went really, really well. Um, the other things uh, were, let me see, uh, we need more lead time. Okay, so point number two, we need more lead time. We pulled off a miracle in those seven weeks. Um, a lot of our own channel technical team, shout out to the, the Siemens America's channel technical team. They stepped up to be what we call session owners. So they really ran the back end systems for our amazing presenters because our amazing presenters are sometimes like the, the head of industry verticals and they couldn't make a particular meeting at a particular time. So have, uh, make sure you select you know, some, some real power technology users and get them trained first, and then they can, you know, help out those presenters. Um, we need more lead time. So <laughs> the great thing is 90% of our attendees, when we surveyed them said, oh yeah, the virtual attendee hub was really easy to access and use. Actually, if I think it pumped up to almost hundred percent, it was like 90 something percent, 98. But if you just went, you know, you know, excellent and very good, then that was like over 90%. If you just added good, that was almost 100% right there. Um, they found it very easy to use. However, with only seven weeks planning, I lost the opportunity to do my usual stolen from Cvent Connect, no before you go emails. I'll be sending those out, you know, in a kind of a drip campaign six to eight weeks beforehand. Also launching the app a month beforehand. Also the daily daily connection emails. Here's what's happening today. And that happens each day of the event. I really did not have the time to actually program all of those up. So we need more lead time. But what I did do is I leveraged the session email. So anyone registered for a session, um, I went to 
the morning sessions and the afternoon sessions. And I spun up some session emails just to say, hey, reminder, your session is starting in, you know, 10 minutes, you know, make sure you you log into the virtual attendee hub and there's that my event data tag that you can just drop in there and they can go. And it, so that that was a real game changer and lifesaver for me with no lead time. Um, and I guess the last thing I would say is there's a hashtag pro tip. If you are in a Windows machine, you can, in your Windows folder browser, you can click on uh, the columns at the top and put a tick mark in dimensions so that you can see the dimensions of graphics. We actually um, contracted with a graphics group and unfortunately we didn't double check the dimensions of the graphics we gave them but some of the graphics weren't the right dimensions we caught it and we fixed it in the virtual attendee hub but that's like a little pro tip you know when you specify x number of pixels by y number of pixels make sure you have the dimensions showing i think on a mac it's even easier to do but make sure you show the dimensions and you've got your graphics cheat sheets which are all in the cvent knowledge base Make sure you've got those and it's okay to send those, you know, print them out and send those along to your graphics team too, but just double check your graphics. And I think um, the only other thing we we could have done better is, do you see my, it, so I'm letting, I'm letting Cody and Brooke see my background, which is full of like blues <laughs> and greens and teals and those that was our branding for the event. It was very, very close to the colors for the, like the blue and green, that Cvent uses. So the join now button with the placeholder free session wasn't as evident as it could be. So some people took a minute to find that, you know, the join live or join now button because the button was so close in color to the background that Cody and Brooke are seeing behind me. So take that into account when you are designing the color theme for your virtual attendee hub event and just look at the contrast between the join now button and your background. You may want to think about changing up your background color a little bit for just that placeholder so that it's really, really evident so that that button stands out. It's a really good point, Brenda. I actually ran into that myself too. So definitely keep that in mind because the button changes a little bit of color, you know, as you're going from live or on demand. So really good hashtag pro tip. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's so much cool stuff. I really love everything you just said, but if you had to leave just one takeaway or piece of advice for our listeners, what would that be? Can I give you like three? <laughs> yeah, we'll give you three, Brenda. You're, you're a podcast Ooh, veteran. This is, my third, this is my third podcast. So, so for each podcast I do, yes. I get to leave. Yes, I love it. <laughs> does that, does that mean I have the triple crown? Yeah, you, oh, have, you have been on it more than anybody else, I think. So that's you, good. That's good. Broke Siemens. a record. Yeah, Siemens is smart. We 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 partner up with Cvent because we love your technology. It really works for us. So, all right. So number one, to have your coffee on hand. I know some people don't like coffee. Have your beverage of choice always on hand. That comfort, that comfort beverage, right? Have that on hand. I would recommend getting Cvent certified. So especially the virtual attendee hub. It's really important. Steven has released the virtual attendee hub certification. They have event management certification, uh, event management pro certification, mobile app certification. And I'm due this year, by the way, I will be recertifying in the mobile app because the app ninja needs to maintain her certification. Hello. 
So make sure you get your CVENT certifications. What you will learn will save you not just hours, but days and possibly weeks of heartache and headache because what you gain from those certifications, which don't take long to get, is going to benefit your whole team, not just for one event, but for all the, the back-end reporting, for proving ROI. Um, if you don't have time to certify in the virtual attendee hub, or if it's your first time using it, just go to Cvent and contract with them to project manage the virtual attendee hub site. I st we stuck for with us for seven weeks to, to do this. We decided to focus on what we know. I know Cvent event management. I know Cvent reporting. I know the email marketing stuff, right? So I focused on what I could, what I knew and could do well. And then I use Cvent's expertise for the virtual attendee hub configuration and also the advanced production, it went so well. We could have never done it on our own, on our budget. So it was fantastic ROI to use Cvent, you know, advanced production in a contract with the virtual attendee hub. Um, if you can, and you should be able to with enough advanced planning, launch your virtual attendee hub early, let people go in there and maybe even record, you know, a couple of quote sessions, right? Like, hey, welcome to the attendee hub. This is what you can see and do. And, you know, it's easy to record something like that with Camtasia or Skype or insert recording platform here. You can record your screen and put like little 90 second or two and a half minute vignettes onto those. And by the way, we can see when people have attend have actually used those. So that's engagement factor and you could hand out prizes for that. You know, let them get in there and and use it a little bit because you have to ease them into this transition from live in person to a virtual event. And I think the most important one is when your event is over, about two weeks later, right? Schedule a vacation for yourself. Go. Yes. Go. Desert <laughs> Island, you Seriously, know. Oh. Preach. Wait, where did you go? Where, what was your post-event uh, wind-down vacay? I had, I live in North Georgia, and I'm about 15 minutes from some epic motorcycle roads. Beautiful, yes. beautiful vistas. There's mountains and lakes. I'm in the, basically the, the foothills of the Appalachians. The Appalachian Trail crosses four times here. So I went on several long, beautiful motorcycle rides when we had those Indian summer days. And it was just phenomenal just to, to, to go through those mountain roads, to see the sweeping vistas, the lakes and all that, stop at the little country stores. So that was, that was what I did that and sleep. I slept a lot. <laughs> <laughs> laid off the coffee went on some rides and got some sleep i love it yes so those are my those are my takeaways um always have your coffee on hand contract you know get your cvent certification if you don't have it for the virtual attendee hub contract with cvent to do it shout out to chris benty vagna he was amazing for us especially the advanced production launch your virtual attendee hub early to let people get in there and start start using it and schedule yourself a vacation because it has been more than earned. I love that. I'm actually looking forward to having some holiday time off myself. I think that it's come at the perfect time. So Brenda, you are such a wealth of information. We love having you on. I can't wait to have you on again. This has been such a pleasure. Um, thank you again for joining the podcast. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Brooke. Brenda did it again. She always comes with such great tips, Cody. 
I know. I really love her take on the virtual event. And I'm not surprised she had such a successful experience. I'm also not surprised her number one tip is to always have coffee within arm's reach. I mean, that's some <laughs> solid advice. I know. Hey, you know, if anyone out there has had a successful virtual event story, please reach out at podcast at cvent.com. Before you guys know it, we'll have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.